Hey everybody, welcome to Peck Report. Well, we got a lot to talk about today, and uh, as you will notice, the background's a little different. Uh, it's just going to be for a few weeks, uh, may maybe maybe shorter, maybe longer. But uh, basically, I'm using my um, actual studio for a project that I'm working on for uh, Defender Films. Uh, I'll, I'll tell more about that probably in the members section, and more uh, information about that will will come out in the next few weeks or so. Um, but just suffice to say, for, for a little bit, we're going to do Peck Report like this. Now, for those of you who aren't already aware, um, our main YouTube channel has been removed. It's been totally deleted. YouTube deleted it. Uh, so I, I've spent about eight years building that channel. We had tens of thousands of subscribers, about 70,000 subscribers. And in one day, YouTube just deleted the whole thing. All my old videos are gone. Um, and it, it's, it's really a shame, but this is why we built Daily Renegade, so we can house our own videos in something we control, uh, because we shouldn't, we shouldn't have to rely on YouTube to play fair. They're obviously not going to. They're very biased against Christians and against, um, people on the political right. They're very against us, but, but especially as Christians, uh, they, they hate us. So they took the opportunity to completely wipe out the channel. So if you haven't been able to see it, that's why. We do have a backup channel that only has maybe about a thousand subscribers, but that, if you're viewing this on YouTube, that's what you're viewing this on, our backup channel. Um, there, there's really nothing that can be done. Um, you, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see YouTube giving the channel back or anything. If you want to write into YouTube and complain, go for it, but I don't think it's going to do any good. Uh, but that's why it's all, all the more important to go become a member at dailyrenegade.com where the truth is not censored. We have, we have about a dozen unique shows on there and all of them are from a Christian perspective. Uh, it's all theologically sound. So, uh, and, and it's all family friendly too. So you'll be able to get information that you're not going to find on YouTube because YouTube deletes this stuff more and more every day. Channels are being deleted. Uh, so you're not going to be able to find truth on YouTube anymore. Come over to dailyrenegade.com. You can find it there. Uh, so th this actually plays into what we're going to talk about today. Um, is the church being driven underground? I mean, with the with the the immense censorship that's going on, it seems like the answer is yes. We are uh, not only being driven into the digital underground because that that's clearly happening. I mean, we're not allowed basically on any major social media platforms unless we toe the line and don't talk too much about Jesus, uh, which is just ridiculous. But um, basically, if we play by their satanic, atheistic, you know, materialistic, Darwinistic rules, uh, that, then we can, then then they'll allow us on on the platform. But but if we want to talk about our faith, if we want to talk about Jesus, if we want to spread the gospel, we can't do that on social media. So digitally, yes, we are being driven underground. Uh, but I think that's just the beginning. I, I think that more and more this this country and really this world is uh, antagonistic towards Christianity. It's really hostile towards Christianity, and it's really unfortunate to see that in America. Um, so there is a a recent article that just came out from WND. It's not too early to prepare for the underground church, and I think this is where we're headed. Um, but it says, in my prophecies, and this comes from uh, Scott Lively, um, I want to talk about this, and then a little later I want to talk about uh, Tom Horn from Skywatch TV. He, he had some comments about this, too. He had some commentary that I thought was really thought-provoking and well-written. But um, 
but uh, Scott says, uh, in my prophecy studies, I have come to believe the generation of the second coming will face circumstances very much like the generation of the first coming did. Whether or not the COVID-19 pestilence is part of the Matthew 24 uh, beginning of birth pangs, the political climate is already starting to look a lot like uh, the Roman military dictatorship of the time of the early church. Um, and while we're doing this, one second, I want to make sure our... Um, I know that looks kind of trippy. I'm just making sure our audio here is okay because I had this set up um, for something else before. So we just want to make sure that that's okay. Uh, all right. But, uh, and, and you know, we who believe in Bible prophecy have probably thought this for a while too, that it's probably going to look similar. But, but it says, uh, here in America, the church is a leading target of government suppression of large gatherings, and I expect this to continue even after the lockdowns have ended, if they ever do. Um, and that, that's a good point, too. Will these lockdowns even end? You know, I, I recently did an interview with Pastor John Holler, and he said he doesn't, he doesn't and he's a lawyer as well. Uh, he's a very smart, smart guy. He said he doesn't expect things to go back to normal if they ever do, but definitely not in his lifetime. But it says, even in the absence of official policy, a population almost fully cowed by fear-mongering about the disease will never fully trust large gatherings again. How many unre unreasoning sheeple will now operate by the unspoken maxim, fellowship equals death? More than a few, I suspect, at least until they can trade in their obsolete and inadequate full armor of God for the Bill Gates' salvation of mankind vaccine in about 18 months. Uh, and we've done peck reports on that as well. And, and if you can't find them on YouTube, again, channel was deleted. Go to dailyrenegade.com and become a member. Just go to the members only section. You'll be able to find all of those. But uh, so he goes on. Until then, the high density entertainment oriented religious corporation model of Christian gathering will be shaky at best. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, though I love a good mass gathering from time to time, especially for fellowship and worship and music. The religious corporations will try to retain their members with high-tech distance worshiping, but the shaking of the church will get many people thinking about smaller and more intimate family-style gatherings, like the way the first century church operated. And that's a good thing. Instead of high-tech wizardry, they'll have a printed copy of the Bible in their hands again in the place of celebrity pastors telling them what to think. They'll have interactive Christian discussions among themselves facilitated by the pastors and teachers in the groups. And I, again, you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, the reason that it worked, uh, there, there's a reason that it worked in the first century. And I've been saying for years now, uh, for maybe five or six years, um, I think ever since I started doing online podcasting, uh, I've been saying... It's a good time to start um, start doing more at home Bible study kind of stuff together as a you know a close community rather than these big mega churches. Um, and the reason is because well one of the reasons is you know the bigger something is the the more susceptible it is to um, um, corruption and things like that. We certainly see that in a lot of mega churches, uh, but also if something happens where you can't get to your church, you know, like, like for example, this pandemic happened and now these mass gatherings aren't allowed, then what are people going to do? People are going to have an easier time going to their neighbor's house and visiting for an hour or two once a week or a couple times a week than they will have it taking, taking part in these huge gatherings. So if we would have started doing this, you know, a few years ago, then we, we'd probably be better prepared for it now. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think it has to be like... Because the whole digital thing 
falls into place. So what, what I, I don't think it has to be an either or. I don't think it has to be either we do all this online stuff or we do small at home stuff. I think we could have both and then just not, not take part in the, the big, huge mass gatherings. I just don't see a whole lot of benefit in that. You know, when you go to a church that has thousands of people, how, how can you really fellowship with, I mean, you don't know all of them. You can't. Uh, so what, what, what I like is, is a model where you have small, you know, at home groups, you know, of a few. And then if you're able to, you can post that online or you can live stream for people who want to join in. Uh, and that way, that keeps some of that an- anonymity. Like, like for example, what we do with Daily Renegade, I love my audience, I love all you guys, but I don't know all of you, but I'm not expected to either, and you're not expected to know e- each other. But the cool thing about how Daily Renegade is set up is through the website uh, at dailyrenegade.com, you can, you can, it's like social media. You can follow each other, you can message each other, you can talk, you can get to know those within the Daily Renegade umbrella that you want to, but you're not, you're not, you don't feel obligated or you're not pressured to know everybody. You know, I mean, when you go, when you go to a big church with thousands and thousands of people, I mean, it's, it's gotta be hard to really, I mean, of of course, everybody's going to know, have their own little groups of friends, but then you just have a collection of groups. That's really all it is. Whereas if you do it at home or, or even online in, in small groups, like what we do here with Daily Renegade, uh, then you have a, 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 uh, just a, a core group where you can learn together, grow together, and learn something. So the main reason that we put this stuff online uh, at Daily Renegade is so you guys have the information, so you guys can get some sound theology in the hopes that you will use this in your own small groups uh, at home. Either join one in your neighborhood or start one. Uh, and if you if you don't live in a neighborhood where they have that kind of thing, you know, maybe you live in a bigger city, then you can you can start one online. And uh, so we give you the tools to be able to do that. And also just for your own edification, for your own information. And um, I mean, even if it's just you and your family, you know, we do that quite a bit here in the Peck household. A lot of times it's just me and, and my family. When we talk about God, we uh, talk to the kids about God, answer their questions, and, and we fellowship like that. So that kind of thing can be really beneficial. And when communities have a lot of small groups like that, like one community, if they have a lot of small groups like that, that can that can actually start to transform that community in a, in, in a really good way. So the community that I live in is like that. Uh, we live basically out in the middle of nowhere. I don't know everybody here. You know, we live in a small town. I know some people, but I don't know everybody. But basically everybody that I do know is Christian. Uh, and, and we all kind of have that same mindset. Um, and, and because of that, we all kind of take care of each other. So this living where I live, this whole shutdown thing, I mean, it, it hasn't been easy, but it also hasn't been as difficult as some people say in big cities uh, in certain areas in the country have it. Uh, so I, I like that model. I, I think it, I think it's just more beneficial. Uh, people around here help take care of each other. And that's cultivated through this, through this, this, this kind of assumption that everybody here is either Christian or at least has that kind of moral value set, you know, obviously not every, everybody here is Christian. I mean, there are, there are drug addicts. There's, there's problems just like in any community, but I, I've lived in a lot of places and I've seen it far less here than I have anywhere else. So that kind of thing happens because 
um, Christians get together, start small groups, and they, they start transforming the community. You know, maybe you invite one of your neighbors over to a small group Bible study. Maybe your neighbor's not a Christian yet. Maybe it's somebody that you've been talking to about Jesus, and you bring them over, and then they get transformed by the Holy Spirit. Maybe it takes a few times. It might take a few years even. But that one person, well, that's one less uh, problem that you have in the, or potential problem that you have in the community. I mean, anybody can either become a Christian or they can become a drug addict or they can become a murderer or they can become kind of an okay person or, you know, I mean, there's a lot of paths that one person can take. So the more people that you can get on the right track towards Jesus, overall, the better your community will be. So, you know, that we have this problem in this country where there, there's too many people in this country that think that change starts from the top down. It doesn't. Um, you know, in, in a way it can, but real change, like real change that, that actually transforms communities and can really shape the world, it starts with the individual. And, and how much more have, have we seen that than uh, in the beginning of Christianity and in, in the, the, the first church? It, it started really with one individual, Jesus Christ. And he brought along 12 of his buddies and, and got them involved. Then they spread out, got, got other people involved, so on, and it spread. So it starts with the individual, and it, go, it goes from the bottom up. You know, it defies gravity, this, this type of thing. It doesn't, it doesn't go from the top down. That's where you get corruption and, and, and all that stuff, that, that, from the top down. It's very rare that you're going to have something actually good happen from the top down. It can happen, but it, um, and, and I'm talking about governments and things like that. Um, you know, if we want a better nation, it, it, it's a part of that fight is, you know, trying to shape laws and, and, and trying to influence the powers that be and stuff like that. But think about it this way. If, if we start as individuals in ourselves first, while, while we're growing, we teach our family to grow, you, you know, knowing that we're never going to fully be there. It's a process, right? It's, your whole life is going to be a process. You're not going to fully be there until the resurrection. Um, so, you bring, you bring other people along on that journey with you, your family, people in your community, friends from church, friend, you know, start a small group, friends like that. Uh, and then you spread that out. You spread out that, that, that effort, and that, that, can, that, can, that in itself can get into local government. I mean, say, say, say you're doing this. You're, you're starting these small groups and people are getting influenced. They're starting their own. Uh, they're getting inspired. And let's say, let, let's say a, a senator or, or, or maybe, even, maybe even not that big to begin with, but maybe um, a mayor of a small town happens to join a Bible study and, and they, get, they get convicted and, and, and they, they start following the path of Jesus. Well, they're going to they're gonna start governing their small town according to those values. I mean, that's what people in power do. They have a certain set of values and they, 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 they govern according to that set of values, whatever that happens to be. Um, well, you can see how that can spread out and that, that can spread out all the way to the White House. So it starts from the, the, it starts from the individual out. It starts from the bottom up. Uh, that, that, that's, that's how you build something. You build something with the foundation first, then you build up. You don't start you know, if you're building a house, you don't start with the roof and build down. I mean, that's, I guess you could do it that way, but it'd be really, it'd be really difficult, nearly impossible. Uh, so it's the same thing here. Uh, but all, all the while, the main thing that we have to keep in mind is we individually are a work in progress as well. We're never fully there. So it's not about you, you getting there first and then teaching other people. It, it, it's about where are you now and what can you teach other people? 
And then you're, you're continually building that up. So once the individual learns how to do that, then they can do that in their family. Uh, and then that family can, can do that in a small group or in a Bible study, and then it, it branches out from there. When we talk about an underground church, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a lot of, of, of small groups that are all connected, a lot of members connected to one body. And so that connection to the, the one body, we can use the internet for that type of thing. Now, obviously, like I said before, things like uh, social media, YouTube, Facebook, they're going to make it very difficult for us to communicate with one another. So that's why we need to build our own thing. We need to do our own thing. We're starting that with, you know, and, and every group can start its own thing in their own way. So we have Daily Renegade. Daily Renegade can connect to other ministries as well in other communities around the world that have their own ministries, that have their own thing. you know. So there's not one central thing. The central thing is Jesus Christ. But we have all of our, we all have our own way of communicating with each other. So when we talk about an underground church, that's what we're talking about. And I, I, I did say years ago, we need to start really thinking about doing this now. Uh, and so, some people have, and some people haven't. But, I mean, we really need to do this because um, we're not going to have another chance. Uh, we barely have a chance now. So if we want to, if we want to do this underground church, if we want to have a church, uh, then it's it's gonna have to be underground because the world hates us, you know, and the world is is consistently trying to su uh, uh, suppress us. Now that doesn't mean that we don't. That doesn't mean that we stay underground and we hide. You know, our, our base, our foundation needs to be underground and needs to be stable. You know, that's our foundation. But we still need to go out in the world and preach the gospel. We still need to bring other people in and build up that house. We still we can't just have the foundation. We can't just have the basement and just have the foundation and not do anything with it. You know, we need we need to build we need to build the house. We need to build the walls, we need to build rooms, we need to build the ceiling. So that's going to take us getting out there and and bringing other people into the gospel, uh showing people who Jesus Christ is, getting them saved, and then us all working together. That that's the only way to to really get our country back. Um and then we can, you know, then we can spread out to the world as well. Um and there's a lot that goes into that, but our Individual focus should be the individual. So, so for me, you know, I'm thinking every day, how, how can I improve? How can I be more Christ-like? What things do I need to, to work on? Uh, and we all need to be asking ourselves that. And I'll, I'll bet you one thing, one thing for sure, every single one of us, myself included, can work on pride. Really get to know what pride is and really get comfortable identifying it in your own life because I promise you have it. We all have it. And it is the number one most destructive thing to the church. Um, and and that, that, that in itself, every day you should be praying and begging God for the wisdom to identify the, the pride in your own life. And so you don't pass that on to other people. It's like a disease. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's like it's it's like a super contagious disease that you can pass on to other people. This sense of pride, and I'm I'm talking to myself here too. We all we all have it, and it, it, it's the most destructive thing. That and that's why there's so much in the Bible about picking up our own cross, dying to ourselves daily. Because this isn't about us. This is about Jesus. And if we want to fulfill His purposes, if we if we want if we want Him to use our lives to to work in us. If we really want to give our lives over to him and allow him to to fulfill his purposes with us, he's going to get his purposes done no matter what. Do you want to be a part of that or not? If so, 
then with your own free will, you got to allow him to work in your life and you got to follow his lead, not your own. And that, that's a very difficult thing to do. I, I think a lot of Christians, um, we, we kind of convince ourselves that we know what God wants for us. And what, what we'll do is we have wants and then we will find a way like in our unconscious, you know, we'll, we'll find a way to make that into what we think God wants. And, and I know because I've done this myself. We, we all do this. There are things that we want, and then we'll, we'll come up with a justification of, well, you know, that would be good for God's purposes because, you know, if, if, if I have this, then I can use it for this, and so on and so forth. And we, we got to really do what we can as much as we can. We're never going to be perfect at it, but we got to get away from that line of thinking. And we have to just think, okay, Jesus, what, what do you want me to do? Just, just outside of what I want for myself, what do you want? And then follow him, serve him, and then he'll take care of your needs. That's the deal. Um, so that's all throughout the Gospels. Uh, so th- this, this is the, the, the kind of stuff that we really need to be aware of, especially during these times of uh, being, being you know, suppressed and, and censored. And I mean, we need each other more than not. And we also need to get really comfortable with cutting people out who aren't in that same mindset, who, who, who aren't really practicing Christians. I'm not saying they're not saved. They might be saved, but they might not be practicing Christians. You know, they might have accepted Jesus into their heart, but they're, they're, they're at a place in their lives where they're just a, a perpetual baby Christian, and they're not growing, and they're still really prideful, and they, they want to chew everybody out, and they want to show how smart they are and how much smarter they are than everybody else. We, can, we don't have time for that. We've got to get used to cutting those people out. Do not have those people at your Bible study. If they are willing to actually learn, and you know maybe they're a little rough around the edges, but you can see some potential there, and that, that you can actually see that they're willing, that they want to learn and they want to get better, then yeah, you know, love them, have have them in. But if they're if they're there just sowing discord and and they're starting trouble and they're they're just being a jerk basically. You're not obligated to have that person in your Bible study. If they are only bringing in destruction, actually, you're obligated to remove them because, uh, you know, read, read through the Gospels, read through Acts, read, read through the New Testament. Uh, we're, we're told that a little bit of leaven can infect the whole loaf. So you can't let somebody in your group that, is, that has that attitude because they have the disease of pride and they will infect other people in your group. Other people in your group will start, will, will, will start acting in pride as well. That, that's just what happens. And if you don't believe me, look, look, look at the YouTube comments of any Christian video um, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It, 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 it infects people. It turns otherwise really good Christians, you know, people who are serving Jesus, uh, it turns them into egomaniacs, in, in, into prideful jerks that just want to blast people online. So you need to get those people out. Pray for them, by all means, pray for them. But the time that we're living in is too volatile, and the church that we have right now is too fragile to entertain that kind of nonsense. So you, you can pray for them, and maybe someday they will come back and say, you know what, I was really wrong, you know, I'm sorry, I, I would like to join your group and, and really learn. Uh, and that, that could happen. Um, but until that happens, you are obligated to keep them away from away from your groups away from your your christian brothers and sisters who might be tempted by them who might be tempted into sin uh that that will uh, again a little bit of leaven will infect the whole loaf so you you don't want to do that but um 
that's why pride is, is, I think that should be our central focus, identifying pride, what it is, identifying it in, our, in ourselves, and then fighting against it, fighting every day to not speak in a way or not act in a way that indulges pride. Don't feed it. You know, the more you feed it, the more it's going to grow. Starve it out. And it, it, it's very difficult at first. It is. Uh, but the more you starve it, the smaller it gets, the smaller it gets, uh, and the more benefit you'll see. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll see a lot clearer. You'll, you'll sleep a lot better for sure. Um, and just all, all around, Jesus will be able to use you more. And that should be what we want, right? Not for our own benefit, but for his and for the benefit of other people out there who are perishing and really need the gospel and really need Jesus in their lives. Um, so we'll, we'll, read, we'll read some more of this article um, so it says, uh, he, he writes, at least that's how the first century, uh, Bible church will function. Um, I don't know what he's talking about here, but he says, I launched it after the lockdown started and we've yet to have a public gathering. I guess first century Bible church is something that this uh, individual started, but, but he says, I believe it's a model for the future and I welcome interaction with like-minded remnant believers. What I'm talking about is not just ex expanding the house church movement, but anticipating the need for an underground church. I love that. I love that. I don't know this guy at all. Um, who's the writer again? Uh, Scott Lively. I, I don't know this guy at all. So maybe, maybe you guys out there can tell me more about him. Uh, but this sounds like exactly what I'm talking about here. Maybe, maybe me and this person need to, uh, need to get together and, and, and see if we can work together because this is, this is exactly what I'm talking about. This need for this underground church. I mean, we even started Peck underground church, which again, we gotta, we gotta start back up again. Um, and, and we will, we have some ideas for that. A lot of it is, is about just finding the time to do it. Uh, but, but that, that was the whole reason for the name, um, Peck underground church. I came up with that name. I, I don't even think I came up with it. I think God gave it to me, but that, that name came to me five, six years ago. Uh, and then it, it took me two or three years after that to finally do something with it. Um, and at that time it was just like an internet, it was just like an interview show. Uh, but the, and, and, and then for, things outside of my control. We had to stop doing it. We, we couldn't live stream anymore. We're able to live stream now, sort of, but it's still sketchy because we just got our YouTube channel deleted. So that has caused problems, but we're, we're working through it and trying to follow God's lead on what the best way to, to relaunch uh, Peck Underground Church. But I think in the relaunch, it's going to be different. I don't think it's going to be uh, an interview show. I, I think it's going to literally be like I, I am going to preach. <laughs> I think that's what it's going to be. I, I'm, I'm going to set up a camera. I'm, I'm going to just do a Bible lesson with you, and it's going to be an actual church. And, and that's, that's the name of it, Peck Underground Church. Um, so, you, you know, so, so that, that kind of thing uh, is, is going to be the direction that we have to go towards. I don't know if it's going to be called, it might be called Daily Renegade Underground Church or Renegade Underground Church. I don't, I don't know, but I like, I like the Underground Church name. That was the main thing that came to me years ago. And I believe that we're seeing the time where that, that needs to be fulfilled. So he writes, probably sooner rather than later, the Bride of Christ will have a need of an off-the-grid communication and fellowship network that can't easily be identified and tracked. Amen. Um, I, and I don't know how to do that type of thing. I mean, the, I, I'm not, I'm not, all that techie. Maybe, maybe there's somebody out there who knows more about it than I do, but, um, but we do need to set something like that up. And I'm sure something like that would be expensive. 
but I, I love the idea of, of trying to connect our local groups through some kind of network that doesn't require, I mean, that doesn't even require the internet. The internet could just go down at any time and we don't control the internet. We need our own thing. We need our, and I don't know what that looks like or how to do it, but we need our own thing that we as Christians control. Uh, maybe it's some decentralized thing where every every community or every group controls like their own server or something. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but there are other people where that is their strength and they know more about it. And may, maybe they just need a creative type of person to work with, but they, they have the technical knowledge and then maybe they need somebody who can fund the whole thing. You know, I, I don't know, but I'm definitely open to ideas. That would be something I would be very interested in getting behind. If any of you have any ideas on how to set something like that up, I am all for it. Email me, joshpeckdisclosure at gmail.com. I really believe that we need to build something like this. Um, so continuing on, he says, on my second missionary tour of Russia, I got to experience an underground church network in action. It was 2007, long after Gla Gla Glasnost and the purge of Soviet communism from Russian society, but the pre-Soviet Orthodox Church had roared back to fill the va vacuum as the primary cultural influence. While I respect the Russian Orthodox Church, it does have one glaring negative, which is the pursuit of religious monopoly, and only a few powerful denominations were grandfathered into ROC tolerance policies after Putin. Uh, transitioned Russia from a well uh, Wild West gangster land in the 1990s to a stable, low-based society in the uh, 2000s. The denomination I was working with was operating relatively freely per official government policy, but suffered some discrimination in the in some places. Uh, plus, there was a phenomenon of holdover Soviet types in some positions of power and holdover policies on things like in-country travel. Long story short, Ann and I were secretly shuttled all over the country for a couple of months from congregation to congregation, being handed off from car to car along the freeway in the middle of nowhere from one group in the care of the next. And once in a big Siberian city, the holdover communist mayor forced the closure of my speaking venue at a big hotel the night before the event. These Christians were so uh, well prepared by years of living under severe Soviet uh, oppression, they didn't even blink. In just 24 hours, they had another venue lined up, and the crowd of over 1,500 people showed up at the new venue as if nothing had happened. I was told that the mayor's astonished staff members he sent in to monitor the group got saved. Um, we also met with an underground church in Cairo, Egypt in 2003. Even though Christian groups were allowed to function there, evangelism was strictly forbidden. So the evangelical church is underground. These missionaries hid their activities from the government and said the hardest part of their job was convincing new believers not to change their official religion on their state ID cards from Muslim to Christian because they could face severe persecution by the government and even murder by their relatives. Uh, even in worst areas of lockdown abuses, America is still a far cry from Soviet Russia or Christian life under Islamic governments, but prophecy says worse is coming sooner than later. And, and I agree with that. I do think America is going to get to that point. I, and I think it would be there pretty much already if we had a Democrat in, in, the, in, in the presidency. But we're not, it's not going to be Republicans forever, and Republicans aren't perfect. So I think what we're given here, we're given a, a breath, we're given a window to get prepared before the next Democratic president, before everything really becomes totalitarian. Uh, and, and that day is coming. We need to use this time wisely and get prepared, otherwise we're going to be destroyed. 
The current lockdowns are a stark reminder that we're not immune to totalitarianism and that the, Mar the Marxist usurpers waging total war to take down Trump and kill the anti-globalist uh, revolution are totalitarian by nature. Uh, isn't it just common sense to at least have contingency plans in place and a system for networking among believers who have decided they will never take the mark of the beast whenever that is implemented and who will not be able to buy or sell without it? Um, here's the last part here. At minimum, we'll need an underground railroad for fleeing persecution and a black market bartering system to stay alive. And we'll need a means of both recognizing each other and ferreting out spies. I suggest the underground church begin greeting each other with Jesus as Lord because no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Um, 1 Corinthians 12.3. I, I, and I, I just, uh, uh, just a little bit of criticism. Um, I don't know how literally we should take that. I mean, obviously, an atheist can say those words. Like, an atheist isn't immune to saying those words. They could just say that. But, you know, we, we, I do agree that we need to have, um, we do need to have things in place to identify our own. And there will be people infiltrating it. You, you know, I mean, that, that, that's going to happen. Uh, so we need to have systems in place. If somebody gets through, how do we deal with that? Uh, what, what do we do? Um, we're going to have some, some of our groups compromised. You, you know, Maybe not yet, but like I said, we're given a brief window. And it is brief. We're given a brief window to prepare for this stuff, to, to talk about this stuff now on, on how we can set this stuff up. I mean, I think the first thing we really need to do is set up some way for us to communicate with one another without having to rely on the internet or, or things that other people control. We need to have our own thing. I don't know what that is. But once we, once we figure that out and start setting that up, um, that, that'll be a big step forward. But we, need, we do need to have these conversations. Um, the, the greeting each other with Jesus as Lord thing, I, I just don't I, – I don't – I like the idea, but I, I, I just, I, why, why can't somebody who is infiltrating, what, what's the idea that somebody, somebody who's infiltrating our groups can't say those words? I mean, they can obviously repeat the words, but I, I just, I don't, there's more, there, there's more to that verse than just that. I mean, obviously somebody can repeat those words, but, but maybe, maybe, maybe it's different in situations like that. You know, may, maybe in situations like that, somebody will feel so close to their anti-Christian convictions that they won't want to say that. Like, for example, I, as a Christian, I am capable of saying the word, like, like if, if, um, you know, if, if a Muslim was holding a, uh, sword to my neck or something. And, and if he told me that I have to admit that Allah is the true God or something, or I would die. Now I would be physically capable of saying those words, but I wouldn't do it. You know, I, I, I wouldn't do it because I'm a Christian and, and I love Jesus more than I love my own life. So I, I would deny that request. Maybe it's the same thing. Maybe people who are in, in this world, in this coming world where, Christians in America are pushed underground. Maybe the people that would be infiltrating, maybe maybe they won't be able to say Jesus is Lord. You know, maybe they'll be held. Maybe they will hold so much to their convictions that they won't be able to say it. But I just don't see it because they could just lie. They, they, these people don't have a problem with lying the way that we Christians do. We have a problem with lying. I I, I would not lie and deny Jesus 
to save my own life. I, I just, I, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. Even though, even though if I said those words, it would be a, it would be a lie. You know, if I, if I said what the Muslim wanted me to say, you know, it would be a lie, but I, I, I would feel like I'm turning my back on Jesus just to save my own life. And I, 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 I just, I couldn't do it. I don't think that anti-Christians, people who, who are suppressing us, have that same level of conviction to their own views, and, and certainly not to the truth, even to what they think is the truth. I mean, they lie all the time already. I, I wouldn't put it past them to lie and say, yeah, I'm a Christian, Jesus is Lord, and, and not really mean it. So, you know, but but then, so what is this verse really saying? You know, 1 Corinthians 12, 3. What is this verse really saying? I, that would be an interesting word study. I bet there's a lot more in the Greek there. Um, but, you know, that that will have to be for a future time. So that, that, brings, up, that brings up a good topic, I think, of discussion. Uh, and I could be totally wrong on, on all of this. I, I, I don't, according to my current understanding, which could be flawed, I don't think this verse here is meant to be taken that literally. But maybe I'm wrong, and maybe, maybe that's something that is a tool that we can use in this future world where we are actively being suppressed and where we have people that are infiltrating our ranks. Maybe those people won't be able to say that. Maybe there's some supernatural stronghold that prevents them from saying it. I don't know. Um, I, I just, I, I, my worry would be the, these people are liars, so why, what would stop them from lying? I mean, there, there's a bunch of people today that aren't Christian at all, and they say that they're Christian. They say they come in the name of Christ. They would, they would probably say Jesus is Lord, but they still have some of the most anti-Christian beliefs that you could possibly imagine. So I, 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 don't, I don't know. I think there's a lot more to that, that verse uh, than... And we would have to look at the passage, look at the context. Uh, there, there's a lot we would have to look at. That that would be a really interesting study, I think. Maybe we'll do that. Um, maybe we'll do that at, uh, in an underground church episode or, or something like that. But but anyway, all all of that aside, I I do think that I do agree here that we will need a means of recognizing each other and ferreting out spies. You know, we we absolutely will need that. And what what that is or what that looks like, I do, I have no clue. Um, but that, that is something that, that we'll need. Uh, so in conclusion, none of that can happen unless the remnant prepares for it in advance. And I invite you to join me in getting started now. If you would like to be a part of this network, or if you would like a sample copy of my book, The Prodigal Son Prophecy, which outlines some of my theological conclusions on prophetic issues, send me an email, including the personal, uh, confession, Jesus is Lord. Let me know specifically if you have, or want to start a first century style house church. As we used to say in the Boy Scouts, which did not heed its own motto and got destroyed by the same people now targeting the church, be prepared. All right. Uh, so again, you can find that article on WND.com if you want to take this person's uh, offer for a free book and uh, get involved. And, and again, I, I think that's a great idea. I'm not, fam and I, I just, just to say it, I, I don't know this guy. I'm not familiar with this individual and I'm not, I'm not even really all that familiar with WND. But I like this article, and I like what he had to say for the most part. So, um, so that that's that's the information. Um, and I, but I think I think that we have a lot of work to do, and I I think that you know we at Daily Renegade we have the same goals in mind. So uh, if you want to be a part of that, 
you can go to dailyrenegade.com, become a member today. It's $10 a month or $100 a year. That money helps us build this thing up because uh, I'm not rich. So um, I, I, I can't do it myself. So if you're interested in helping us build this thing, uh, we are working on an app right now. Uh, so that will hopefully be available soon. But if you're interested... Become a member today, uh, dailyrenegade.com, $10 a month or $100 a year. Get the $100 a year. You get two months for free. You just have to pay for it once, and you don't have to worry about it for a while. So that's a good deal. Um, also, while you're there, you can look at the top banner. We have uh, Kratom available, which is a great natural pain reliever. I use it every day. Uh, even if I have, I have a, a really rare and horrific bone disease that's incredibly painful, and it helps me. So if you even have just some arthritis or a bad back or something like, you know, who knows? We everybody has ailments. This can really help. Um, and it's not like opioids where you're going to get addicted and destroy your liver and kidneys and and you know, die in 10 years. Uh, it, it's, it's not, it's not like that. So, um, there, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good stuff about it. We also have CBD available, uh, and, um, and other things. So you can check that out at dailyrenegade.com. It's at the top banner. Okay. So if you want to view the rest of this, we're going to talk about Tom Horn had some uh, really good thoughts on this article and he had a lot to add. And, um, and he he's he's somebody I really look up to because he he's trying to do the same thing. He's trying to build this network too. So it's it's really good to see that there are a lot of people wanting to do this. Uh, so we just got to get together and do it. So he he had some thoughts about it. We're gonna do that in the next part. That will be for members only. Um, so uh, if you're a member, hang on the line. Everybody else, don't forget to subscribe to this channel if you're viewing this on YouTube. Um, but please go become a member. That is more important right now than your subscription. Go become a member. Uh, and until next time, take care and God bless.